time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. Hey, it's another edition of Re-Engineering Your Finances. Walter Storholt here alongside Charles Weldy, and today we're talking about getting satisfaction in retirement, or maybe can't get no satisfaction in retirement. I don't know, maybe you can't. We're going to talk a little bit about that on the program today and explain exactly what we're talking about. Of course, we're always joined by Charles. He is the founder and a certified financial planner at CP Weldy Group, based in Chad's Ford, PA, on Route 52. Charles, it is great to be with you this week, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good, Walter. How about yourself? Uh, doing well and uh, looking forward to our chit-chat on the show today. We're going to talk about the secrets of experiencing satisfaction in retirement. And I think we've discovered, at least for our purposes of the show, to make things kind of easy to digest, we're going to cover five key situations to which your financial plan needs to lead you. If you can key in on these five points, you'll have a high chance to achieve retirement satisfaction. At least that's that's the idea, Charles. So we'll see if you fully agree with this as we work our way through, uh, but I think we're going to be hitting in some, some good spots here. All right, so the first goal would be to achieve some peace of mind regardless of what's happening in the stock market or around the world. Why is that such an important part of the planning process, and how do you help people achieve that? So uh, I've read that, um, you know, just round numbers, about seven out of 10 people are concerned about running out of money in retirement. And obviously, if seven out of 10 people are thinking that way, Walter, you know, there is no peace of mind. There's some stress involved. So what we try to do is, you know, we basically uh, look at their portfolio. And we say, all right, you know, we should have money really in three places. We should have money for emergencies. All right. So, you know, that's off the table. We should have money invested strategically for growth, all right? And then we should have money invested strategically for income. So those three buckets, so to speak, is, is we're, or really are the components of what we call our bucket plan process. And instead of like having one portfolio of, you know, a mixture of stocks and bonds, our clients have three portfolios. They have an emergency fund, they have an income fund, and they have a growth fund. So again, you know, um, some people that are, you know, constantly worried will always be worried, but having three distinct investment strategies as opposed to one big portfolio will give most people peace of mind in retirement. Helpful way to look at it for sure. And that'll be a common thread, obviously. Proper planning will help you lead to these different goals. So that's one thing we want to achieve. If we can have some peace of mind, regardless of what's happening in the stock market or around the world, puts us in the right direction. Like if, if we achieve that goal, we know our, our plan's in pretty good shape. So that's great. All right. What about this goal, Charles? Are you in agreement with this? That we also want to seek a diversity of income streams so that we're not too reliant on any one particular source. I agree with that. I mean, when you really like break it down, there's only three sources of income, Walter, and one of them would be a taxable account. All right. So we can take money from a taxable account and we're taxed on the growth of that account and whatever interest or dividends are derived from that account. So that's one source. A second source would be a tax-free account. And the two tax-free accounts that I'm aware of are Roth IRAs and, and you know, permanent life insurance. So we can take income out of those accounts you know, on a tax-free basis. And then the third type of account would be a tax-deferred account where, you know, the bulk of, the, of our generation has most of their money in tax-deferred accounts where at some point in time, right now it's age 72, regardless of whether we want to take the money out or not, we're going to be forced to take it out. 
So if we have those three sources of, of income, you know, accounts that are taxable, accounts that are tax-free, and accounts that are tax-deferred, and we strategically allocate our investments amongst those three accounts, we could most likely achieve a 12% or less tax bracket. And that's important because at 12% or less, capital gains tax rate is zero, qualified dividends are zero, so we're not taxed at all on them. And then, you know, if we ever get to a point where, hey, we're moving out of the 12% into the 22%, as long as we have Roth IRAs, maybe some cash-free life insurance, uh, we can take money out of those assets and still remain in that 12% or less tax bracket. And we have clients that, you know, generate maybe $120,000 to $150,000 a year of income. And because their assets are strategically located, their investments are strategically located, their effective tax rate is less than 10%. So um, it sounds like pie in the sky, but it's so true. Where your assets are located is critical, especially in retirement. Great points across the board on that one, Charles. All right, so we want peace of mind, diversity in those two areas that we talked about. What about confidence in our ability to spend money every month without worrying if we're going to run out someday? That's got to be one of the main goals you're helping people accomplish as well. It is. Um, and, you know, I was fortunate enough in my career to meet a gentleman by the name of Nick Murray. He's up in New York. He's probably in his mid-70s, late-70s by now. And Nick taught me a formula that I really adhere to with, you know, the bulk of our clients. And what he does, he says, he says, all right, let's determine, you know, what somebody needs on a monthly basis. So let's just say they need it, you know, I'll, I'll make a number up. Let's call it $7,000 a month, all right? And let's just say that uh, of the 7,000, 4,000 is coming in like clockwork because that's a social security benefit. Well, we have an income gap of three, seven minus four is three. So the key to all the listeners on this podcast is, hey, let's determine what your income gap is. So in this example, it's $3,000 a month. We multiply that by 12 months. We got 36,000 a year. And basically we divide that by 0.045. All right. Now why 0.45? Well, you know, I'm sure that you've heard of the 4% rule. Have you heard of that, Walter? The 4% withdrawal rule. The 4% rule. That's the old the old standby, the old standard, right? Yeah. Hey, whatever you got, multiply it by 4%. That's what you can afford to take out annually with a high probability that you won't run out of money in retirement. I use four and a half. Why? Because generally speaking, most of our clients that retire in their early to mid 60s, they probably have a 25-year, 30-year retirement. And because of some of the strategies that we use, we can like look at maybe a four and a half percent safe withdrawal rate instead of a four percent. So yeah, the point I want to make is if they know what their number is, and uh, do I have a calculator nearby? Yeah. So if I take thirty six thousand a year divided by point oh four five, they need eight hundred grand in today's dollars to make sure that they're not going to run out of money in retirement. Now again, it's just a general rule of thumb, but I would say that. Um, you know, you're going to have a lot of confidence once you hit that number and have your assets located in the right, you know, asset class, whether it's uh, taxable, tax-free or tax-deferred. We're talking about these different ways that we can try to get satisfaction in retirement. Are these realistic? Uh, we wanted to keep that in mind as well. What about achieving security in someone's healthcare plan? I imagine that's uh, can be more difficult. Maybe that's an easier said than done kind of thing, Charles, because I mean, gosh, we just don't know what our healthcare needs are going to be. And so it's hard to feel secure no matter what healthcare plan you have, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I think when people reach the age of 65, the big decision is should they go Medicare with a Medicare sub policy or maybe what do they call it? Medicare Advantage, which really is like concentrated, you know, in one like, I guess, region. It's like a regional coverage. And generally speaking, the Medicare Advantage is like cheaper. But, you know, hey, if you're traveling overseas or, you know, you're uh, maybe in a different part of the country, uh, there might be some hoops you got to jump through in order to get you know, your coverage taken care of. So I, even though it's a little bit more expensive, I would really try to steer most of my clients to getting like the basic Medicare with the Medicare sub policy. And uh, obviously, you know, you got to add on to that. And what you add on to that is your drugs that you're taking. So there's a Medicare, I believe, A, B, uh, D uh, for the for the Medicare. So I'm not an expert in that area, but we do have a go-to person that you know we rely upon to really look at people's individual issues in terms of their health and uh, really determine what might be the best plan for them. And um, I'm just thinking, like you know, years ago when I studied this, and you know, it's been a while since I've really like delved back into it, but. I was always, the one thing I got was like, hey, you know, when you turn 65, even though that Medicare and the sub policy might be a little bit more expensive, go for that. Because in the future, if you run into health issues, um, maybe some of these companies like Cigna, Aetna, what have you, they're not required by law to accept you because of a pre-existing condition. So, you know, that's an area where I have to admit, Walter, it's I'm not 100% like uh, confident in my ability to advise people in that area, but I kind of like know an expert in the area that that knows that subject inside out, and I kind of direct my clients to him. We all know our specialties, and it's a great awareness when you need to pull in those outside resources to help make those right decisions. And the important thing is making all of these choices in the right context of the rest of your financial plan, something we certainly see as a common thread in these shows for sure. All right, last but not least, Charles, the fifth way that we're trying to see if we can get satisfaction or not in retirement planning is achieving independence. And for some folks, this looks like independence from the government. For others, it's independence from maybe needing family assistance down the line, or maybe it's both for some people as well. Yeah, so let's take the government first. So to be independent from the government, I don't believe you can have a large retirement account never be independent from the government. So what has to happen is, you know, someone, you know, who, um, you know, knows your situation should really be monitoring on an annual basis your tax liability and doing strategic Roth conversions to keep you in a lower tax bracket. And especially if you're married, Walter, because um, a lot of people think legacy planning is really just for the children, the grandchildren. But, you know, in our world, it's really for the surviving spouse. I mean, when one spouse passes away, the remaining spouse, A, loses a Social Security check, and B, now is in a higher tax bracket just because of the way our tax system is designed. So to be independent from the government really means to um, really not have too much money in this tax-deferred account, uh, and maybe strategically while you're married, or even like you now if you're single and you have like a, a little bit more income that you can place in a 12% tax bracket, or maybe even a 22% tax bracket, depending upon the facts and circumstances, to kind of like move money from always tax to never tax. So uh, being independent from the government really could be doing strategic Roth conversions, you know, uh, on an annual basis. And then the second independence is family assistance. I mean, that, you know, that speaks to me as long-term care. And, you know, I guess in my practice, 
Now, if truth be told, that's probably the leak in the dike for most clients. I mean, everybody wants the long-term care, but nobody wants to pay for it. And uh, today, I think it's a little bit easier to pay for it if you have some assets, because what you can do, Walter, is you can take assets from, say, your left pocket, reposition them to your right pocket. And by that, I mean, taking money maybe out of like an after-tax account, funding a life insurance policy that will give your family a tax-free death benefit upon your demise, but will also possibly provide you with a long-term care benefit while you're alive. So that way, you know, you've got long-term care coverage coverage uh, with a leverage benefit. And, and an example I use a lot is like, hey, let's just say that you have a nice social security check coming in, say 4,000 a month, uh, and your long-term care is gonna be uh, say 10,000 a month, you have a $6,000 a month gap. You might buy a $300,000 policy that upon your demise, hey, your family gets $300,000 tax-free death benefit. But the way this policy could be designed is, hey, if Walter needs you know, 2% of 300,000, 6,000 a month, he can take that while he's alive to supplement his long-term care benefit as long as he qualifies for the long-term care. And generally speaking, like two out of six activities of daily living you can't perform. So I would say that in order to be independent from the government or independent, you know, uh, from having your family really take care of you, you probably have to have some money in a tax-free Roth account and you probably have to have some type of policy, whether it's a traditional long-term care policy or the, a hybrid policy that we just spoke about in the example I gave, a $300,000 death benefit. Great example, Charles. And there you have it, the five ways that you can or can't get satisfaction in retirement. And really, the can or can't comes down to proper planning, as you probably guessed it would. But again, to recap, what we want to achieve is peace of mind from the whims of the stock market diversity of income streams, confidence in our ability to spend money without running out someday, security in our health plan, and independence from things like the government or family assistance. If we can create a plan that accomplishes those five things, the idea is that you're going to have a pretty high chance of having a satisfying retirement. And if you're thinking about your financial plan right now and you're going, "Uh, I don't really have all five of those things. Maybe I only have three of them or two or Can you honestly say you have one of them? And if not, I mean, I think that's just a good little indication. It's time to start doing some more serious planning. Put a plan in in writing. Put it in paper, uh, on paper, and get in the right direction with your financial life. It's very easy to do so. You can pick up the phone, give a call to Charles at 610-388-7705. Again, based in Chadsford, Pennsylvania, serving the Delaware and Chester County areas. Typically, you can come in, have a conversation about your plan, and put a serious plan together for the future. Uh, it starts with a simple conversation, and then you can get into the details from there. But if you'd like to set up a time to meet for a complimentary review of your plan, again, you can do that by giving Charles a call at that number or go online to cpweldygroup.com. And we're going to put the contact info in the description of today's show so it's easy for you to find. Charles, we really appreciate your help on the program today and uh, great advice. And we'll look forward to chatting with you again next time. Thank you, Walter. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much. That's Charles Weldy. This is Reengineering Your Finances, and we'll talk to you on the next podcast. Thanks for listening. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice.